Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Whenever I read the Bible, I use different tools to sort of help me understand what I'm reading a little bit better or to even dive into the scriptures a little bit more. And one of the things I like to do is try to imagine myself in the shoes of the people that I'm reading about. And this week, I've really come to understand that the book of Genesis is one of those books where it's really easily done, especially with Joseph, perhaps. And I've been pondering a question that came to mind when I tried to put myself in Joseph's shoes. I don't fully understand everything that Joseph went to, not only because he lived thousands and thousands of years ago, but because of the tragedies that happened to him, I've never experienced anything like that. And the question that came to mind is something I want you to think about. Do you think it was more difficult for Joseph's brothers to confess their sin and ask for forgiveness or for Joseph to look into the eyes of his brothers and give them forgiveness, to say, I forgive you. Joseph was 17 years old when his 11 brothers sold him into slavery. He was taken from his home, taken from his family, thrown into jail for a crime he didn't commit, and yet somehow became the right-hand man to the most powerful man in the world at that time, in the ancient world, the Pharaoh of Egypt. And Joseph's rags-to-riches story all began because of an evil and wicked plot against him. Joseph's brothers were absolutely sick of him, They were sick with envy and with hate against him, against their youngest brother. And seeing him off in the distance, Joseph's brothers plotted against him, saying, here comes that dreamer who thinks he's so much mightier and better than all of us, so let's kill him. Now, not all the brothers were okay with that. The oldest, Reuben, stood up and he said, well, let's not shed his blood, but... Instead, let's just leave him in a pit in the wilderness to die that way. The others agreed, and stripping Joseph of that magnificent, precious cloak that he had, his brothers left him to die in the wilderness without food and water. But not before another brother had an idea, another change of heart. And Judah said, wait. There's no profit in it if we just let him die, if we kill our brother. And filled with greed, they sold him as a slave for 20 shekels of silver and turned their backs as their little brother was led away, shackled in chains. At only 17 years old, Joseph became a slave and a victim of probably one of the most heinous sins we read about in the Bible. And the years would pass. Joseph's 
life would be filled with even more tragedies. He would be accused of something that he didn't do, thrown into jail, and begin to interpret the dreams of his fellow inmates, a baker and a butler. And then somehow, despite all the hardships, all the barriers, all the betrayal and anger and resentment and all the evil powers that play against him, Joseph would somehow come before the throne of mighty Pharaoh to help save the lives of thousands and thousands and thousands of men, women, and children across a land plagued in famine and death. And one day, Joseph would even save the lives of those same brothers who had caused him such pain and torment. And while we can't fully understand Joseph's perspective because we've never experienced a life like that, I think many of us, when we try to imagine ourselves in Joseph's shoes, can relate in some fashion or another to his pain. A pain that, you know, it almost feels like a dagger that's just piercing your soul. The pain of knowing that a loved one, that his brothers, that ones who should have protected him and loved him more than anyone else in the entire world had betrayed him, had sinned against him. And for 40 long years, that that hurt must have just festered in him like an unclean wound. And when the tables were turned, when Joseph rose to power and his brothers were in desperate need, they were in turn confronted with their own sin. And I think many of us can relate to that as well. Not only to Joseph, but to his brothers being confronted with that sin. They had come to the realization, they had come face to face with the fact that they had dealt very wickedly with their brother. And so as they came before him, announcing the death of their father Jacob, they said, please forgive our transgressions and our sin because we did evil against you. Truth is that it would not have been surprising at all to see Joseph lash out at them in righteous anger. But the truth of our story is that he didn't do that. So what do you think? Is it more difficult to look into the eyes of someone that you've really hurt and confess your sin and ask for forgiveness, or to look down with pity on those who have hurt you and betrayed you and say, I forgive you. And to be honest, I think it's an impossible question to answer. They are both immensely difficult things to do. Bearing that guilt and that shame of sin can be a real hardship in our lives when we keep it in our side of ourselves and that guilt just constantly prods at us, making our inward parts almost churn whenever we see the person that we've sinned against. 
You know, in German, they have this word called angst, which is sort of like this inward bowel movement that you just feel whenever you're guilty of something almost, that you have angst. And you may wonder, when you confess that sin, will they ever forgive you? But there are also those feelings of resentment, too, against those who've sinned against us. The type that just tears at your heart and makes you want to lash out at those who've caused you harm. Perhaps you may even wonder how you could ever trust anyone again, how you could ever forgive anyone. But the simple truth is this confess our sins and to ask for forgiveness or to look into the eyes of someone who's done us wrong and forgive them. They are both of them some of the most difficult things we can ever do in our lives. They can be the most difficult words that we ever say. Now understand me that there's no denying the guilt of Joseph's brothers. If he had been angry with them, he would have been right to been angry. They had done a great and unthinkable evil against him, and Joseph, he had right, he was had every right to be angry. He could have passed them by, turned them away at the door, but again he didn't do that. Which makes Joseph's response all the more remarkable and courageous, because that is an act of courage to say, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about that many should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear, for I will provide for both you and your little ones. That's quite the pronouncement of grace. And I wonder what it must have been like to have been one of those 11 brothers trembling before the little guy that they never thought they'd ever see again. Feeling that gut-wrenching pain of guilt and shame, knowing they'd done a terrible wrong and fully expecting that their brother would never forgive them, but then to find nothing but pure forgiveness and grace. And then you have to wonder what it must have been like to be Joseph, to see his brothers bowing down before him, his heart still yearning and hurting to bring justice to them. And after that had happened, after all that had happened between them, after the things that they had said and the things that they had not said, after all the hurt and all the years apart, for Joseph to come down to them, to embrace them with pure love and righteousness and forgiveness and grace. It's a remarkable act of faith, not only for Joseph, but also for those other 11 brothers to humble themselves before one another and to reconcile. 
And so it is when we confess our sins and forgive one another. It is an act of faith. When we confess our sins before God and before one another, it is an act of faith. When we forgive those who have wronged us, it is an act of faith. When we come before our Lord in humility and allow his grace to heal those deepest wounds and to break the shackles of sin. These are the actions of the faithful. These are the heartfelt words of those who, though divided by jealousy and hate and betrayal and those deep-rooted pains, are nonetheless united in all, the all-availing love of a heavenly Father who forgives and loves each and every one of us unconditionally. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I do not know what guilt that you bear in your heart or what resentment you may have against others. I do not know what sins you have committed or what sins have been committed against you or what hurts you may bear because of them. But when we look back to Joseph's life, I hope we see these things through his eyes and through his brother's eyes. Remembering that though there's division and evil and wickedness in the world, we have a Savior who has redeemed us from the bonds of sin and the bonds of hate. He is victorious. And it may be very, very difficult to see what good may come of the difficulties that we face. We face countless evils in the world each and every day. And we may struggle with addiction or we may fight at home. We may have hurt our loved ones or feel oppressed in body and soul. We may betray our brother, lie about our sister, spread rumors about our friend, be, with our, be angry with our parents, and anything in between. But the fact remains that God was victorious for all of us. And though our robes are like scarlet, he has made them white in the blood of an innocent man called Jesus Christ. And it is in Christ that Joseph, though he did not know his Savior by name, was able to forgive his brothers and embrace them with love and generosity. It is in Christ that we find forgiveness for ourselves and for those who have sinned against us. It is in Christ that we are set free from those chains of sin and our wounds are healed. So when that shame and that guilt arises or when that hurt and that sorrow gnaws at your heart. Remember that Christ was crucified for you, for me, for your brothers and sisters, for your parents, for your friends, for your enemies, for all of us. Sometimes it will be difficult to ask for forgiveness. And sometimes it will be difficult to say those simple words, I forgive you. But when we face these difficulties, 
Remember Joseph and his brothers. But more importantly, remember God's work in their lives. For when we confess, when we forgive, when we embrace Christ, we will grow together in grace and peace and hope. For God will forgive you. He will give you courage. He will bring you healing in full, reunite you together, and give you life everlasting at the end. In Jesus' name, amen.